Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. We have allowed ourselves to become so disconnected and ignorant about something that is as intimate as the food that we eat. Be prepared to grow your own for victory. I'm said I need somebody strong enough to clear trees and heave bales, yet gentle enough to yean lambs and wean pigs and tend the pink combed pullets who will stop his mower for an hour to splint the broken leg of a meadowlark. So God made a farmer. Hey folks, welcome back to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. I'm your host, Harold Thornbrough from smalltownhomestead.com, and it's day 19 of our 30 days of homesteading Q&A, where I've reached out to some of the best bloggers and podcasters in the homesteading space to answer your questions about homesteading. And uh, got another great question for you again today. Uh, today's question is, what's the best way to compost without the smell? I don't have a big yard, and I don't want a stinky compost pile close to my house. And uh, back to answer another question is uh, David the Good from the survivalgardener.com. David has a great answer for us, and perhaps maybe even something we hadn't thought about before. So, uh, David, what do you say? Help us out with this uh, stinky compost pile problem. Hey, I'm David the Good, author of Compost Everything, The Good Guide to Extreme Composting. And today I'm going to be answering the question for you. The question is, what's the best way to compost without the smell? I don't have a big yard, and I don't want a stinky compost pile close to my house. Oh, come on. It's fun. Don't you want it? Don't you want to go out in the morning and smell some rotten grapefruit and maybe a bit of beef stew that you dumped in there? I know I do. That smells like fertility to me. No, but seriously, I am not a huge fan of compost piles. I know. I wrote a book on composting, and I'm not a big fan of compost piles. I know it's kind of crazy, right? Well, I don't like the fact that you have to work really hard. You have to try and balance your carbon and your nitrogen ratios. you got to turn the thing. you got to watch it. you got to not put this in and not put that in, and the rats are going to dig it up or whatever else. I'll tell you, nature just throws stuff on the ground. So if i got something that's not stinky, right? So I've got uh, some brush or some leaves that I've raked up. I just rake them around a tree I think could use a little bit of help. Put a couple of bags of leaves in your garden over the winter. Let them rot in. Take some uh, mulch from the tree company and throw it around. Just let it sit on the ground and rot. Now, this doesn't work for meat or for things that get stinky. You know, you probably wouldn't want to throw a bunch of rotten watermelons around your yard, though you might. When you do have that kind of stuff that stinks, why not just dig a trench, drop it in the trench, cover it over, and then plant on top of it later? I've done this to great effect in the front yard of my property, and I've done it in the backyard of a previous property in Tennessee. Punch a hole in the ground about three feet deep, 
And then I threw in some raw manure. I threw in some scraps. I threw in some coffee from the local coffee shop, all the coffee grounds. I chucked in some organs from a goat that had been slaughtered. I threw in some rotten beef stew. I threw in paper plates. I threw in chunks of wood. All the kind of stuff where you'd say, you can't put that in your compost pile. I put it all in the ground, put a little mound of dirt over the top of it, and a couple of months later, I planted a few melon seeds. I tell you what, those things grew like crazy. They grew all over the place. Now, I can't claim credit for this idea. I read it in the great book by Steve Solomon called Gardening When It Counts. And in that book, he mentions that native populations in the United States used to do this sort of thing where they'd have a big trash pile and later they'd bury it and they would plant on top of it. And so I thought, hey, why not experiment with that and see how it works? Because I could dump a bunch of stuff that would normally just hit the trash and I could use it for fertility. When you think about how much nutrition is in, say, some beef bones, you know, or some leftover beef stew, go back to that beef stew. That thing is loaded with nutrition. It's got a lot more nutrition in it than, say, the limp lettuce leaves that you would normally throw in your compost pile. But people tell you, don't throw the meat in the compost pile. Yet, then you go to the store and you buy bone meal and blood meal, which are made from meat byproducts of the slaughter industry, and you throw that around your garden and look at how great it grows. So why not use that stuff? Sure, it takes a long time to rot, but if you put it right beneath the plant and just let it grow, it works. The roots will go down into that mess and they will find it. And for the next few years, that will be a super fertile spot in your garden. I call the concept melon pits because I grew melons on top of these pits that I dug. And I have thrown just about anything from, you know, ashes to bones to pet waste to chicken manure to all kinds of stuff. And it works. And it works like a charm. And it's the kind of stuff that if you had thrown it right next to a plant, you might burn the plant. It might stink. If you've got a composting system and your composting system stinks, just throw the stuff that doesn't stink into the compost pile. If you really feel like you have to have a pile and you want to get some fine finished compost for potting plants in the spring or something like that. But really, I like to just dig pits where I'm going to garden the next year, pile stuff in there, let it rot, cover it over real well. I've planted banana trees on top of those pits and uh, that works really well. I've planted chestnut trees done all kinds of stuff with it, but really, if it gets back into the ground and you can use it and it doesn't stink and the neighbors are not going to complain, why worry about it? You know, put it right in the ground, plant plants on top of it. It's not going to hot compost. You're not going to get the finished compost to use elsewhere, but put it right where the plants are going to use it and that fertility will be there for a long, long time. Just a couple ideas for you. I'm David the Good, author of Compost Everything and multiple other gardening books on Amazon. You can find my website at thesurvivalgardener.com. I'll catch you later. Great stuff, David. Thank you for that. Great answer. Uh, like I said, a little bit out of the box. Maybe something uh, we hadn't thought about before, but... Uh Good, good answer nonetheless. Um, I'm going to put links to all of David's information, uh, the survivalgardener.com, his uh, Twitter and YouTube channel, and also his book, Compost Everything, The Good Guide to Extreme Composting. David also mentioned another book in his answer um, from Steve Solomon, Gardening When It Counts. I'll put a link to that as well, and uh, you can check all that out. You can get the show notes for this podcast by going to smalltownhomestead.com slash Stinky compost. I think his idea for uh, you know kind of separating the stinky stuff from the you know the stuff that doesn't smell so bad. You great advice if you want that uh, compost pile. Just like he said, throw the stuff on there, 
that doesn't stink. And I, you know, another thing I like to do is a vermicomposting with worms. Um, if if you can take that stuff and enclose it in like a trash bin or something and make you a, a vermicompost bin. And, you know, with the lid on it and such, it doesn't smell quite as bad. You can set that back in the corner of a yard. I've set up one of those, and it works pretty good. And, you know, I put some I put some things in there that, you know, a lot of people recommend you don't put in there, like meat and stuff. And, you know, I just kind of cover it up. I'll put it down in there and just kind of cover it up a little bit and, uh, you know, and put the lid back on the can. And it doesn't really put off a, a smell uh, too bad. I mean, you get within a, you know, three or four feet of it, you'll smell something. But, you know, it doesn't really... Um, even with a small yard, it doesn't uh, put off a real strong smell that the neighbors are going to complain about or anything like that. So there's just another suggestion for you, and I'll put a link in the show notes on a YouTube video I found on how to build one of those. So, yeah, check the show notes. Go and visit David's site. And, uh, hey, make sure you check back with us in a couple days. We'll have another great question and answer for you. And until then, happy homesteading. God bless. Thanks for listening. To see the show notes for this podcast or listen to other podcast episodes, go to smalltownhomestead.com. There you can also read our blog, connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+, and take advantage of the many resources we make available to help you along in your homesteading journey. Please share this podcast and help us to carry out our mission of helping others to homestead today for a better tomorrow. Tomorrow.